Hello and welcome. Thanks for joining us here at Believer's Victory Church. Today we have an inspiring, powerful message that will change your life. Let's listen in as Pastor Peggy Heal teaches us from the Word of God. I'm so grateful God loves us. God makes a way. His Word, His word is at work in us. Man, I don't know about you, but I'm grateful I'm not alone in this fight. I'm not alone in this earth, this world, that God is for me. He's yes. not against me. Yes. Amen. I'm so grateful. Oh. Hallelujah. Oh. Amen. I'm grateful. Oh. You know, the enemy will always try to tell you you're alone. Nobody cares. Nobody understands. Nobody's with you. All that. Those are lies. Yes. Amen. Just like that song says, there's no lie you won't tear down. God is with you. Amen. God is for you. People may leave you. People may turn against you. People may surprise you. But God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He will never not love us. Isn't that just good news? He will never not love you. God will never not love you. And when the enemy in your mind says, well, what about, well, what about, well, what about? Nope, not even then. Amen? Not even then. God will still love you. God will still be for you. God still has a plan for you. God will still pull you out of the pit. God still fights for you. Amen? My God fights for me. Hallelujah. Woo! My God fights for me. Amen? Glory to God. Sometimes you just need to stir yourself up with the truth. With the truth. Because all those lies you hear all week long, all those lies we hear, we got to remind ourselves of the truth that God is for you. God loves you. God's crazy about you. You know, the world will try to tell you that God's over you, God's done with you, God's done enough for you. But no, God loves you. Amen. And God is for you. No matter what. You just need to put a period there. God is for me. Done. The world's always trying to put a butt where it doesn't belong. Right? It's always trying to put a butt where it doesn't belong. That butt doesn't go there. No, God loves me. That's it. At my worst, at my best, and all in between. Amen? That's just good news right there. Well, I got a message for you today. We're doing Jump Into Faith. Woo! Come on. Jump into faith. We need our faith. Anybody facing a battle in here this morning? Anybody just like something's going on and you're like, I I need God. You know, sometimes we say things like this. I need God to show up. Well, I've got great news for you. God already showed up. Amen. He already showed up, fought the fight, won the prize, got, got the throne. Amen. He already showed up. He already provided for us, and it's by faith that we take and we walk in what Jesus already provided for me. You're not waiting on God. God's already done it. And if your mind is going, wait a minute, you need to get into the Word. You need, that's where we got we to learn some things, amen? How many realize when you got born again, you automatically didn't know everything? Right? You know, when I got born again, I didn't automatically know the Bible. I didn't know the books of the Bible. I didn't even know some of those were in there. People would say, turn to this book. I'd be like, that's in there? I didn't even know. You know? And so never feel bad about that kind of stuff. 
God meets you right where you are. I thought, yeah, Amos. I thought Amos was just cookies. I had no idea. Like, wait a minute. Wait, some are like, Amos, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, that's a book. <laughs> but, you know, the thing is, is that, you know, God loves you right where you're at. And, but we got to grow. Amen. We got to grow. And as we, we've learned these last few weeks that we all have faith. All of us have faith. When you got born again, when you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the Bible says that to every man, say every man, every man was given the measure of faith. And so let's quit saying, I don't have any faith. No, you have some. You need to develop what you have. And we learned through the last few weeks that the human body, how many can relate to that? We all got one, right? We can relate to it. The human body, when a baby is born, it has all the same muscles that it has when it's 35 or 40. It has all the same. But what happens, those muscles get stronger, they get bigger, they develop, and the same muscles that a baby can't even stand up with are the same muscles that somebody can run a marathon with. Same, what happened? What happened? They develop those muscles. You ever think about marathon runners? Think about that. Do you know how long a marathon is, an actual marathon? It's 26 miles. Can you imagine running that far? I mean, some of us are like, I'm not driving that far. We don't even want to drive. People run that far. And to say, how, do, how can they do that and I would die? Right? I would just die on the side of the road. I would just die. You know what I mean? How, what's the difference? They developed that. They trained. They trained. They didn't just wake up one day and run 26 miles. They trained. They woke up one day and ran a little bit. Then the next time they ran a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And so wherever your faith is today, you need to realize that as you develop your faith, as you grow your faith, as you strengthen your faith, the things that seem real hard right now, you just keep going. Yeah. And it's going to get easier, and the mountains are going to get bigger. But you know what? You're going to have what it takes to move them. Amen? Because we've all got faith. So in this series that we're doing, we're developing, we're, grow we're, like, we're like at the faith gym. Come on now. Right? We're at the gym today. Somebody say, what would you do today? I went to the gym. I went to the gym. They say, Planet Fitness? No, BBC. Hello. I'm working out my faith muscles today. I'm strengthening. I'm doing some faith push-ups today. And here's the thing. You've heard this saying before. Nobody can do your push-ups for you. If you could pay somebody to do your push-ups, Oprah would be in great shape. Right? Because she's got more money... And she struggles in that area. She said that. She struggles with her weight. She struggles with all that. If you could pay somebody to do it, she'd have somebody on the treadmill 24-7. But you can't pay somebody else to do your workouts, and you can't pay somebody else to develop your faith. You know, no matter how much money you give to somebody, it's not going to develop your faith. you got to do it. Amen? And so that's what we're doing today. We're doing some push-ups this morning. How many are ready to do some faith push-ups? All right, I got, a, I got a good message for you. Because so often, sometimes, we give up on faith. We give up on the, the good fight of faith, the Bible says. That's what the Bible calls it, the good fight of faith. Because we blew it. We just blew it. 
You know, instead of, instead of saying all the right things and speaking the word and having that strong confession and speaking to that mountain and building our faith up, we just went and cried somewhere. Now, you're not going to say that was you, but it's probably been all of us. We just went and cried somewhere or, or we got mad about it. We gave up on it. And then we got mad at God, you know. Listen, if you're mad at God, you're wrong. You got to deal with that. You got to deal with that. Because that's never going to get you anywhere. Say, it's never going to get you anywhere. You got to deal with it. Don't, don't quit acting like it's not happening. It is happening. And you got to deal with it. It's like in marriage. You can't stay mad at your spouse forever because neither one of you are going to go anywhere. You're just going to keep going around, that, going around that mountain over and over and over again. You've got to resolve some things. But there's times where we've been in situations and we, we haven't fought the fight. We haven't done what we need to do. Or, you know, and then we've put a lot of blame. You know, blame, blame started in Genesis and hasn't stopped. Right? That's what Adam said. He said, it's that woman you gave me. <laughs> what was he doing? He's blaming her. And she's blaming the devil. Everybody's blaming somebody. But, you know, we just got to say, you know what, that in that, that situation, because, see, that thing's going to come back around. You know, you're going to need rent money another time when you blew it and didn't stand in faith. See what I'm saying? You're going to need to believe God for healing in your body again. You're going to need to believe God for a family member again. And sometimes when we blow it in a certain area or we don't get the outcome that we were looking for, when that thing comes around again, we're just like, oh, no, that don't work. That doesn't work. Or I, can, I, don't, I don't have faith there. You know, there's sometimes people can have tremendous faith for certain things, but then other things they have none. There are people who have tremendous faith for finances. I mean, just, man, they know how to believe God for finances. But then when it comes for peace, they don't have any. When it comes, there's other people that can believe, just, they just have no problem believing God for, that God is a healer. They know, man, my God is a healer. And so when that, when that, when that battle comes, they're ready because they've really built their faith in that area. They've had victory in that area. But, man, they can't believe God for, for a raise, for finances, to get their finances straight for nothing. See, we can be a little out of balance in some areas. But when we, my point is, is that whatever that situation is, it's going to come around again. And so today I want to talk about faith for the second storm. Oh, amen. That's good. You know, my brother Mark used to say this all the time, and, and in, in my life I've seen that it's very true. He would say this, and for those of you who don't know, my brother Mark was a founding pastor of this church. He started this church. With six people, he started this church. And, uh, but he would say this. He would say, you know, in the fight, the good fight of faith, and the Bible calls it a good fight. You know what a good fight is? When you win. It's a, you know, the fight you're in is fixed. It's a fixed fight. The winner has already been declared. Right? It's a fixed fight. You just got to get in and go the rounds. The only fight you lose is the one you quit. Right. But my, my brother Mark would say this. He says, you know, you don't, the enemy doesn't usually get you on the first punch. He 
could get you on the second. Because a lot of times we'll get through something or something will happen and, and, then, and then, boom, man, you feel like, man, I'm, I'm through. I'm going to take a breather. I'm going to take a rest. Man, look, look, at, look what happened or whatever. And then all of a sudden, slam, you got hit again out of nowhere. And you're like, where did that come from? It's that second hit that will get you. And you know what? No matter how you responded to the first hit, now you're in the second fight. And you got to decide, I'm, I'm going to do it right this time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust God this time. And we're going to look over here in Matthew chapter 14. We don't, we don't have any words up here. You're going to have to be, you're on your own. <laughs> you're on your own. Get your phone out. Use your Bible app. Not your Facebook app. Hello. Your Bible app. Bible app. Here we go. And so this, this story in the Bible, it starts with a, a, it's a pretty rough start, and it's in Matthew 14, verse number 22. And it says, and, and straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. Now this is in a, a row, if you read Matthew and it's in John and it's in Mark 2, if you read these, we've had several miracles that Jesus has done. We have the feeding of the 5,000, you know, and, and some stuff has happened. And so here we go, and Jesus constrained his disciples. Another translation says he made them. This is not a suggestion. He's telling them, you do this. He constrained them. He said, this is your only option. And when we think about this, he tells them to get into the ship. But here's the thing. Jesus wasn't taking no for an answer. He didn't give them an option. But here's in Matthew chapter 8, just a little bit before here, we see where these same disciples, get, they get into a ship, but they don't have a very good track record. And now Jesus is telling them to get into another ship. Because here in Matthew chapter 8, verse number 23 and 24, this is before he constrained them. He says, now when he got into a boat, his disciples followed him. And suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea so that the boat was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. How many know this story? And so we need to remember that most of these guys are fishermen. They've lived a great part of their life on the water. They know how to be in a boat. You know, I mean, for me and our family, we've, we've always had a boat. I grew up with boats. Even when we lived up north, we had a boat. And so, you know, you're gonna, if you've ever been in a boat, if you're a boating person, and then somebody gets in the boat that's never been in a boat, right? They get into the boat, and so the, the, you're going over the wakes, and you're, going, you're flying through the water, and that person is freaked out, right? I mean, you just see on their face, like, they think you're going under at any time. But then people that have been on the boat, you're like, oh, that's just how it is. So these people that are on the boat, these are fishermen. These are professionals. This is how they made their money. They've been on a boat before. And the Bible says that this, this storm was so big and so bad that the disciples started to freak out. And they're saying, they're screaming, we're all perishing. They're literally saying, we're all going to die. <laughs> and Jesus is, where's Jesus? On the boat, asleep. And so the Bible says in Matthew 8, 23, it says, then his disciples came to him and awoke him saying, Lord, save us. We are perishing. 
But he said to them, Why are you fearful, O you of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. And so the men marveled, saying, Who can this be that even the winds and the sea obey him? I love Jesus' reaction to their panic. You know, sometimes we've got this politically correct or whatever you want to call it view of Jesus that he only says things that make you feel better. That's not true. Jesus, you know, people are like, what would Jesus do? Jesus would call you out. That's what he would do. Jesus would call that out. Because here these disciples are in here. They're freaked out. They're saying, we're going to die. Jesus, wake up. We're going to die. So he gets up. He calms the What does he say? He goes, why do you have such little faith? Why are you babies? That's what he's saying. And so he, 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 he gets on to them about waking him up and doing that. He calms the sea. And they're marveling. They're marveling at what Jesus has done. So now we're going to go back to Matthew 14. And we can see that the disciples, um, their history in a ship together is not that great. The last time they got into a ship, got onto a ship with Jesus, they all thought they were going to die. So how many can realize that they're probably a little jumpy? They're a little jumpy. So in, Ma in Matthew chapter 14, Jesus makes them get into the boat. Now we understand why he had to make them. Because they probably didn't want to. He constrained them. He made them. It wasn't a suggestion. Because in Matthew 8, he said, hey, they followed him into the boat. See the difference? In Matthew chapter 8, they follow him into the boat. Into the boat. But then all the storm comes. They think they're going to die. They're freaked out. And now in Matthew 14, Jesus is like, get in the boat. Get in the boat. He's making him do it. And so he needed to show them that, hey, if you're going to walk in faith, you've got to leave your past behind. If you're going to walk in faith, it doesn't matter what happened on the boat before. Maybe you had a shipwreck a couple weeks ago. Maybe you had a shipwreck a month ago. Maybe you had a shipwreck yesterday. But you still got to get into the boat today. Amen? You can't let what happened in the past determine what you do today. Because Jesus is saying, keep moving. He constrained those disciples. He said, get in the boat. Why? Because he had to show them, you can't let a past failure dictate your future. Kind of like that old saying, you got to get back up on the horse. Yeah. Amen? You got to get back up on the horse. You can't just give up on faith because you had a shipwreck. You can't just give up on faith because you thought you were going to die. You're still here. Amen? I like Daniel R. Grove said this the other day, and I thought it was so powerful. He said, you've lived through the worst, the 100% of your worst days. You made it. Right? 100% of the worst days of your life, you made it. You're still here. And so when it comes to faith, I, I, I encounter so many people, even, even word of faith people. And to me, it's just kind of like, where do you think that's going to lead you? 
Where do you think going somewhere without Jesus, doing it your own way, going against the word of God, where do you think that's going to take you? It's like when, when Peter said, everybody's leaving, and Jesus turned around and he said, are you going to go with them too? And Peter said, where else would we go? But man, I run into people all the time that used to be so strong in faith. They used to have, they used to be the person in, encouraging all of us. And now they're not even in church. And it's like, man, what happened to you? What happened to you? I'll tell you what happened. They had a shipwreck. And they didn't get back on the boat. They had a shipwreck. Something happened. They didn't get back on the boat. And Jesus, just like he constrained those disciples, who in here is a disciple of Jesus? All of us. He's telling us, get back on the boat. And you know, that doesn't mean that there's not going to be another storm. But it means this time, let's handle it different. Instead of freaking out and crying and running around and yelling, we're all going to die. We got another chance. Jesus gave his disciples another chance. You need to show, the, you need to show these waves who's boss. You need to show this situation who's boss. You need to remind that you're not going to be taken out by some winds and some waves. You're still here. Let's keep moving. Don't, don't be one of those people that are, uh, got a faith shipwreck. And now they're done with God. Or they're mad at God. Listen, if you're mad at God, you're only hearing one side of the story and it's yours. Hello. Hey, man, you need to get God's side. It's going to give you a whole other perspective. I have no tolerance for people that are mad at God. No to I won't enter into it. That's what I mean. I'll say, I'm not going to enter into that with you, but I will tell you the truth. I'm not going to just pet your flesh and say, oh, it's okay. God understands. No, he don't. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Just like Jesus said, why do you guys have, he, did, he didn't understand when the disciples, he wasn't all understanding and sweet when the disciples were screaming they were going to die. He didn't wake up and go, oh, you guys, you've had a tough day. That's so unfair what happened to you. That's so unfair, you poor thing. He didn't do that. He's like, why do you have such little faith? In other words, what he's saying is, why are you crying about something you need to use your faith for? Amen? Let's not cry about stuff. We need to, and if you are crying, use your faith while you're crying. I'll tell you what, there's been many times I've been praying in the Spirit with tears running down my face. There's been many times when I've been crying and my shoulders are shaking because I'm sobbing at a loss, at a pain, at a hurt, at something that's happened. But on the inside, and I make myself say, but God. But God. Because I will not leave it there. We got to get back on the boat. Amen? We got to get back on the boat. And so, whatever happened before, you just need to make a decision now. I'm going to follow Jesus. He's saying, get back in faith. Get back on that boat. Get back. Amen? And so, you know, the thing that we're learning here is the first thing is, you know what? God's going to give you another opportunity. Don't let a shipwreck take you out. 
Don't, don't let something that happened take you out. This second time around, we should, instead of saying, we're all going to die like those disciples, let, let's start saying something different. Let's start saying, you know what, this is painful, this hurts, this, this is not how I thought it was going to be, but I know that God has my back. Yeah. I know that God is here with me. Yeah. I know that his word is true. I know that God is bigger than anything I can face. Yeah. Yeah. You can rock my boat, but I will not get off. Amen? I'm not getting off. And we got to remember that no matter what, because see, the second time they got on the boat, Jesus wasn't with them physically. He wasn't there. This time around, Jesus wasn't on the boat. In Matthew 14, 23, he says, And when he had sent the multitudes away, now he already constrained the disciples. He said, You go ahead of me. You go ahead of me. And he said, I'm, I'm going to send the, send the multitude away. This is the multitude that he fed. And he said, when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when the evening came, he was alone there, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. You'd think if Jesus, some people have this idea of Jesus, if he told you to get on the boat again, that you're going to have smooth sailing. How many figured out there's still wind and waves? And so Jesus tells them, get, get on the boat. He goes up to pray. And so here the disciples are, and they're starting to freak out again. They're starting to, you know, everything's happening. But we have to remember that no matter how we feel, say no matter how I feel, the word is more true. Because they felt alone. Jesus wasn't on the boat, but he wasn't up on the mountain just staring at the stars. Listen, Jesus isn't up in heaven just talking to the angels. He's not up there just, you know, playing a little violin somewhere like we see in pictures. That's not what Jesus is doing. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father right now, and he's making intercession for you and for me. That's what he's doing. And you know what? When these disciples were on the boat, it's in the middle of the sea. It's being tossed all around. What was Jesus doing? He was praying. And so never let the enemy tell you, never believe the lie that you were all alone. Never. Every time that lie comes, you need to say, that's a lie. That is not true. That is not true. I am not alone. I am never alone. That's a great part about being a believer is you are never alone again. You are never alone again. That's the best part. In Hebrews 7.25, it says, Therefore he, Jesus, is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives. Say always lives. He always lives to intercede to pray for them. When you feel like you're all alone, you feel like nobody understands, nobody's got your back, you need to remind yourself, Jesus is interceding for me right now. Jesus is in. He's talking to God on my behalf right now. That's what the Bible says. It says he always lives to intercede for them. Jesus wasn't physically there on that boat with those guys, but he was praying. Jesus was praying on the disciples' behalf. The Bible says in Hebrews 13, 5, it says such a powerful scripture. You may not know. Listen, if you're going to quote something, know where it's at. 
He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. God says, I will never leave you. I will never turn my back on you. I will never forget about you. I will never be done with you. I will never be over you. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Because you know what? There are times in life, no matter how many friends you got on Facebook, no matter how many people are following you on Instagram, no matter how many likes you got, no matter how many friends you got, no matter how popular you are, there are so many times in life where we feel so alone. Isn't that the truth? We feel alone. And we gotta, when, when that feeling comes, let me tell you something, feelings lie. Just because you feel something does not mean it's real. Hello. Just because you feel it doesn't mean it's real. And so when you feel alone, you need to say, you know what, I, I, don't, I don't walk by my feelings because they lie. Feelings change. Feelings go all over the place. Feelings are based on what's happening. But God's word is based on the truth. The truth. The truth. Feelings lie. You know, I'll tell you, it was funny because uh, my sister-in-law and I were talking the other day, and she reminded me of this story that years ago, uh, we were in church, and, and she was singing on the praise team, and I was sitting there, and for whatever reason, I didn't have my glasses on. And so she's like, you know, wait, you know, like, you know, give me a smile and like, hey, you know, what's up? You know, I'll be like, what's up? And I was ignoring her. I, I, I wasn't paying any attention to her. And so the whole service, she's like, what's her problem? Why is she mad at me? What's happened? And the, she said the enemy was just like, you know, oh, you know, she's mad at you. Something happened, blah, 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 you know, all this stuff. You know, and then by, by the time, she's just all worked up about it. She's all worked up about it. So she comes up to me and she's like, what's going on? <laughs> and I'm like, easy now. I'm like, what are you talking about? She goes, I'm trying to, I'm smiling at you. I'm waving at you. And you're just like. And I was like, I don't have my glasses on. I can't even see you. I can't, I, you're just a big blur up there. I can't even see you. See, feelings lie. Feelings lie. You can't base your life on feelings. You can't base your life on how you feel because feelings lie. And feelings don't have the whole story. Feelings don't have the whole story. But God does. God does. And so when you feel like you're all alone, you feel like that nobody's in your boat, nobody's helping you row, you need to remind yourself, you know what? I may not be able to see him physically, but Jesus, Jesus, the Son of God himself, is talking to God about me right now. He's interceding on my behalf. He's saying, God, she's, one of, she's yours. She's your precious child. She needs, she needs help. She needs a lot of help. <laughs> So when you're in that storm, you need to remind yourself that you're not alone. Get back in that boat. You're not alone. And here's the, the next thing about storms. 
even when you're doing what God told you to do, you can still face storms. Amen. You can still face storms. Even when you're doing exactly what God told you to do. Because so often we think, man, this is a storm, man. I must, did I miss it? Am, am I, you know, is something going on? Now, sometimes we can open the door. But you know what? You know when you do. But we can do exactly what God tells us to do. The disciples didn't want to be in the boat. They didn't want to get back in the boat. But Jesus constrained them. He made them. He made them go. And they're in a storm because he told them to do something, not because they disobeyed. Somebody needs to hear that. They're in the storm because he told them to do something. Not because they were in disobedience, not because they were in the wrong place, not because they did the wrong thing. They did the right thing. Still got in a storm. In our journey of faith, we need to realize that all storms are not indicative of being disobedient. They're not all because you blew it. It's because of life. We, we, live in a, we live in a fallen world. There is an enemy that's going about as a roaring lion, and he's seeking whom he may devour. He's trying to rock your boat. And just because your boat is rocking doesn't mean you're in disobedience. It means you're going to the other side. Amen. Amen. Isn't that what Jesus said? He said, get in the boat and get to the other side. Amen. The disciples were obeying direct orders from Jesus. And they found themselves in another horrible tempest, another horrible storm that threaten their lives. Sometimes as Christians, we think that as soon as we get born again, if we speak our confession and we do all that, we're never going to have a storm. That's not true. Not true. Now, there's a lot you won't have because you are doing those things. Doesn't mean you can just sit on your couch and be like, oh, this, this is just life. No, there are storms that we, we invite there are storms, we, anybody ever invited a storm? Yeah. There are storms we invite, and then there are storms that are part of going across. But Jesus said in John 16, 33, he said, these things I have spoken to you. This is Jesus talking. He says that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. You know what that tells me? That means that, listen, in Jesus, I can have peace. That means no matter what storm I'm going to have, because I'm I'm, I live in this world. How many live on planet Earth, right? You know, we live here. And there's going to be stuff that happens. But in the tribulations of the world, because I'm in Christ, I can still have peace. So when my boat's rocking, I can still have peace. Why? Because I'm in Christ. I can still have peace. I might be moving a little bit, but I know I'm going the other side. Amen? I'm going to the other side. When you're in the middle of the storm, we've got to remember what God said. Because, you know, storms are going to happen. 
But you can't, you can't sit out life. How many figured that out? I have a thing in my office and it says, life is now in session. You can't sit out life. You can't sit out some things. We got we to gotta get in the boat. Amen? And when you're in the boat, you got to remember what Jesus said. Because the disciples, they're being tossed all around. And the Bible says over in, in finishing on the story, where's it at? In Matthew 14, 25, now they're in the boat, and the Bible says now in the fourth watch of the night, the fourth watch, they've been at this for a little bit, Jesus went to them walking on the sea, and when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it's I. Do not be afraid. The fourth, wa fourth watch is anywhere between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. And so this, this boat's been tossed quite a bit. And so they're in fear. And still, even though all the miracles that they saw, they still, it's boggling their mind that Jesus is walking on water. But Jesus, he doesn't, he doesn't have the same response to them he did before. He didn't say, why do you have little faith? He said, hey, be of good cheer, it's me. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. Jesus told his disciples that he would catch up to them. He said, go ahead of me. And when, they're on, when you're on that boat and your boat starts rocking and the winds start coming, you need to remind yourself what Jesus said. He said that you would make it. He said it's a good fight of faith. He said he had overcome the world. He said you could have peace in the midst of storms. He said that you are victorious. You are more than a conqueror. He said that you are an overcomer. He said that he would meet every need you had according to his riches and his glory. He said that, his, that he is a healer. Amen? He said a lot of things. We need to remember when you're in the boat and it's shaking, you need to remember what did God say? What did God say? He said, I'll catch up with you. He said, go ahead of me. Go ahead of me. Jesus made you some promises. And when you're in the boat, that's the time to remember them. In the storm, that's the time to remember the promises of God. That's the time to stir yourself up in what God said. That's not the time to get all caught up in what's happening it's the time to get all caught up in what God said. Amen. What did God say? What did God say about what you're going through? What did God say about what's happening? You've got to remind yourself. Jesus said he was going to show up, and guess what he did? He showed up. He didn't, he didn't do it how they thought he was going to. He comes strolling out on the water. You know, and sometimes God just shows up in ways you die. It's like, man, only God. Yeah. Only God. When you're in that storm, and if you're not in one now, you will be. You will be. Get back in the faith boat. Amen. You can stand on the shore, and you can complain, and you can be mad at God, and you can give up on the things God has spoken to you. You can be moved by what's happening. You can be moved by what you see. And you can just stand on the shore and give up. And usually the people that are on the shore that have given up, 
that aren't in church anymore, they're the ones that have the biggest problem with what we're doing. Listen, don't talk to me about the fight if you're not even in it. Don't tell me how to fight when you're sitting on your couch doing nothing. It's amazing to me how many people who are not pastors want to tell pastors how to pastor. Want to tell us all the things that we're doing wrong and what we're not doing and what we should do and all this when you're not even in the fight. It's easy to type it on Facebook. Man, that's easy. But day after day after day after day, I'm in the fight. And if you're not in it, I don't want to hear from you. I'm not interested in what you have to say. I got back on the boat. I got back on the boat. Because Jesus said, I got a plan for you. Get back on the boat. Yeah, that, that shipwreck, it hurt. You got seasick. You may have thrown up a little bit. Get back on the boat. Amen. And when you're on the boat and that storm's coming, do what the disciples did. In Matthew 14, it says, Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him. They came and worshipped him. Truly you are the Son of God. Truly you are the Son of God. And you know another translation said? It said they worshipped him and they were willing for him to get back, get on the boat. They're willing for him to get on the boat. Don't shut Jesus out of your life because you failed somewhere. Don't shut Jesus out of your life because something didn't turn out the way you thought it should. Don't give up on God because you had a shipwreck. He's the only one that's going to, because you know what? Those waves are going to come again. And he's the only one that's going to be able to get you through. He's the only one. He's the only one. On that second boat ride, the disciples weren't screaming, we're going to die, were they? Because if they were, you know John would have wrote it down. Because he loved to tell on everybody. (laughs) You ever notice that in the book of John? He's always telling on everybody. He calls himself. He's the one the Lord loved and everybody else is just, you know. They weren't screaming, we're going to die. Another storm. But this time, they had some fear. But they recognized who Jesus was. And they said, get back on the boat. So just to close up here, just some things we need to remember. Listen, life happens. And just because things didn't work out one time doesn't mean they're not going to work out this time. Amen. Amen? Just because something didn't work out, what you were believing for didn't happen, doesn't mean it's not going to happen this time. This is a new boat. This is a new ship. This is a new trip. You got to get back on the boat. Don't, don't, be one of those, don't be one of those sideliners who just want to tell you how to do it when they're not even in the boat. Don't be one of them. Get back in faith. Pick your Bible back up. Pick your faith back up. Start speaking the word again. Get back in the boat. Amen? And this time, let's not start screaming we're all going to die. This time, let's do it different. 
Let's worship God. Because you know what? Whatever happened before, and it, it happened. But this is a new opportunity for your faith to work. This is a new opportunity for you to grab a hold of what Jesus has already done. He's already done it. God's at work. Even in the times that we feel like maybe we're all alone. You know, that's something, if you ever pray with me, you hear me say that a lot. I say, Lord, I thank you that you are at work in me. You are at work in me. You are at work for me. Amen? Even when you don't feel it. You know, in prayer this morning in the back room, I, I, you know, the team, we pray together. I said, thank God, maybe we don't feel anointed, but we are anointed. There are some days you wake up, you don't feel like a faith giant. But that doesn't mean you're not one. Amen. You don't feel like moving a mountain. But that doesn't mean you can't. Come on now. You don't feel anointed, but that doesn't mean you aren't. Because feelings lie. You can be in a storm doing exactly what God told you to do, but there's still a storm. And when you're in the middle of that storm... What do we need to do? I need to remember what God said. I need to remember what God said. Not what people said. What God said. And I'm going to worship him until I get to the other side. Amen? I'm going to worship him until I get to the other side. I love that song. It's new and we've done it a few times. This is how I fight my battles. This is how, and another song, I don't think it's the same song. You know how terrible I am with songs. Another song says, my weapon is a melody. My weapon is a melody. You don't realize when you're singing those praise songs, it's not for entertainment. You're singing the word. You're worshiping God. Your weapon is a melody. Amen. Amen? Isn't that good? That's good. And the last thing I just want to remind you is when God tells you to get into the boat, to get to the other side, the wind doesn't get to tell you no. Do you hear me? The storm doesn't get to tell you what to do. Don't let anybody be the boss of you but Jesus. Because circumstances will try to get you to quit. Circumstances, the wind and the, and the storm. I'm sure there's a moment when those disciples were like, let's just go back. But Jesus said, go. Don't let the wind boss you. When I say wind, I mean circumstances. Don't let you, I always told the kids when I was a youth pastor, never let money make your plans. You let God make your plans. You let God make your plans. Don't let the wind tell you when to stop. You know, even in, in marriage, you know, I just feel led to say this in marriage. Maybe, you're, maybe, you're, maybe your marriage boat is just rocking. You feel like you're on the Titanic. You feel like you're on the Titanic. Don't let circumstances tell you what to do. No, you make a decision. Amen? Scott and I are getting ready to celebrate 24 years of marriage. Right. 24. Hallelujah. I'll tell you what. If we had let feelings make our decisions, neither one of us would be here today. But we let covenant make our decisions. We make decisions based on covenant, not feelings. Make decisions based on what God said, not what's going on around you.
You need to tell the wind. The wind is rustling up all these storms around you. You, this is my favorite line. If you know it, say it with me. You are not the boss of me. You are not the boss of me. You are not the boss of me. God's my Lord. God's my Savior. I let him be my boss. Amen? Let's pray together. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus.